0: The following podcast is brought to you by Root Inc., the leader in organizational change. For more than 25 years, Root has helped the world's largest companies realize positive strategic and cultural change and accelerate results. To change the trajectory of your business, contact Root at RootInc.com.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the freshest installment of the Two Spheres podcast. My name is Nolan McNulty. Two Spheres is all about discovering the different areas of our community and finding the commonalities between the two. So I am solo today, which David Kalman, my co-host, is uh, fulfilling duties. I mean, his priorities are just not in check. He's again with a client. The last time that we had a podcast, he was unable to join. He was also with a client, but doing another podcast, which... He was cheating on us, is what he was doing. He's cheating on two spheres. But David, we, we miss you a lot. Even though David's not going to be here, I'm still fired up with the show today. We've got uh, Rob Dwartz, who is the founding partner of Become Unmistakable and a recovering bank banker. executive. Yep. Okay, Recovering, and recovering. we want to ask about your journey. God bless you. <laughs> I love that you're doing that. We also have Ricky Friedman, and Ricky is a life and accountability coach, a motivational keynote speaker, and the founder of Break the Weight. So Ricky and Rob, pleasure to have you on.
2: Pleasure to be here.
1: Thanks for having us. How was the intro? Was that is that on par with? You crushed it. Crushed it? Great. Rock and roll. Awesome. So, as we start every episode, we always want to ask about our guest's spheres. So, Rob, we'll start with you since you're to my left. What, how would you describe your sphere?
0: Well, my spheres actually, personally and professionally, kind of blend together. Um, the things that we do, actually, you know, again, personally and professionally, have to do with trying to connect people in organizations, trying to connect people in community, specifically around Become Unmistakable, our business. Uh, we're trying to teach leaders, managers, how to lead with a greater amount of connection to the people in their organizations because we just find that when we do, we find the greatest work and the greatest joy in the workplace. Yeah, here, here.
1: Yeah. Ricky, how about for you? How would you describe your sphere?
0: Oh, God.
2: Um, yeah, you know, I am very I very much am... The lifestyle that I preach and my business with Break the Weight and I'm a very big believer that we all have things in our lives that are heavy. And I try to do my best to live a life where I'm always taking a step forward, even when I mm. take a step backwards. And I think that my whole thing is I'm all about movement and not just in the physical sense, but in the mental and emotional sense. So I would say that I very much believe that we're not our stories. But that we do have stories and sometimes we take steps forward and sometimes we take steps backwards. And I just try to encourage people to always take them forward, even mm. when they're on the ground.
1: Yeah. I want to get into this for both of you guys, but I think specifically, Ricky, I was looking at a lot of the Facebook comments of some of your clients and- uh, there's there's an amalgamation of a lot of different ones, but the common theme was just like, you've gotten me to shift my mindset into how I can really be going. I, I, this is me. It is t- on Facebook? It's on Facebook. They're not my clients. Not clients, just people who know and listen yeah, to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, wow. some of them
2: are, but yeah, no, mo- most of them are not.
1: Interesting. Very. E- even better endorsements, right? Totally. Yeah, just saying that the shift of mindset into um, being more in tune with goals, the personal goals is kind of what I what I heard. And that, again, is a, is a huge... Um, not plagiarism, but it's it's a reductive version of, of that. But uh, it, it's obviously your your voice is being heard by folks, which is really, really awesome.
2: Thank you., um, you know, I try to keep it real, seriously. Yeah. Like, and I think that when you approach people as a person, mm. not just this superior person, you can get real with them. And I always say, like, all right, can I share this? Yes. Will this be valuable for myself? Yes. But most importantly, like, will this be valuable for someone else? Mm. Because if you can make yourself vulnerable and valuable, then you win. Mm. So I try to do it in a way where like, I don't look like I'm superior. I'm like, hey, I'm one of you too. But I took this step and this step and this step to get off the ground. Like, You can do it as well.
1: Mm. Very nice. So if you were to meet someone on the street and they said, hey, so what's, what's this break the weight thing? How would you describe that? Like, what What is break the weight?
2: Break the weight. Break the weight to me is a metaphor. Okay. I mean, it's a business. It's a coaching program. It's a business. But to me, it's just been this metaphor of heaviness in our lives. Like, how do we break through it? Whether it's whether the weight is grief and loss, whether the weight is smoking cigarettes, whether it's the relationship that you should leave, but you haven't, or the job that makes you feel crappy. We Imagine yourself carrying a backpack. We have all these little things in our backpack, right? And... St- you're walking, you're walking, you're walking, but the backpack is tipping you over because mm. there's so much weight. What can you remove from the backpack to make your life lighter? Mm. To me, it's a metaphor. Always mm. has been. And I've always seen it as that. It's like, okay, Ricky, where are you at? Are you feeling heavy? What well, can you lighten? Mm.
1: Got it. Yeah, we'll, we'll dive a heck of a lot more into that. I think it's so fascinating. And Rob, for you, so in terms of Become Unmistakable specifically, so I, I have it written here. It's a software and training firm that helps managers and teams celebrate the human in everyone. Talk a little more yeah. about, about that. Is that. Is that a slogan? Is that uh, the vision statement?
0: What is the... That's the first time I've heard it, uh, <laughs> which was fantastic. And I saw that you had written that and I thought, you know what? I like that. Maybe wow. we'll use it. Uh, I don't know where I found that. Maybe no, I made but it up. You got a charge it, for that. I, honestly. <laughs> it, <laughs> So that is a, a that is a great way to describe us, through, though, because uh, w- through our software and through our training, we do allow people within organizations to express themselves authentically. Uh, specifically in our software, we ask people to talk about the important relationships in their lives and how they view their own skills and abilities and what their personal aspirations are and also what inspires them. Yeah. So it's really, really about becoming uh, who you are in public for everyone to see and celebrating your own diversity, your own authenticity. And then the beauty within the management context is that we have all this rich information to make you happy, yeah. right? To personalize your experience with our firm and to help connect you to other people to create community within the organizations. Yeah,
1: oh, it's it's great. And I'm, I'm curious because... Um, you talk a lot about right brain versus left brain, and how your software and your the value of your organization is helping to tap into the right part, right, right side of the brain. So that's the
0: creative side versus analytical. So talk more about the right brain, left brain. So yeah, we we speak in right and left brain uh, language all the time, and we have folks on our staff that are incredibly uh, well versed in neuroscience, and that informs everything that we do from a training perspective as well as our software tools. Um, but the key is you need them both. And my partner, uh, Mike Novakowski, and I are a great example. So right, Mike would be, if he were sitting here, uh, the clear, right-brain, justified person. Got it. He is uh, creative. He is an idea-a-minute Um, He is always positive, optimistic, and then he's worked himself over to the left side because we need an analytical approach. I, as you said earlier, I'm a recovering (laughs) banker. (laughs) You can imagine where where I come from, right? (laughs) I am left brain justified all day long. I'm logical. I'm pragmatic. I'm very analytical. I love numbers. But over the last 15 years, I've worked incredibly hard. And this is a great example for all the folks that come through our programs to become very right brain in my approach to people. Mm. Uh, so I've, it's been a tough, long, long journey for me, uh, and it's been hard, um, but it, it's doable. Yeah. And, and through being very intentional about being emotional, being vulnerable, practicing it, yeah. developing a, an approach to um, the success of our organization, which is firmly focused. On the people's success, if hmm. you f- if you make them successful with a you know a hyper focus on uh, their development and how and their happiness, they will make the rest of the place successful. Yeah. So it it is that has been my journey, um, and the two of us together are a pretty fun match. I believe it. Um, we can yeah we 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 definitely complement each other in a, in a big way. Oh, that's
1: so great, Ricky. Are, would you say you're, you lean more towards the left brain or right brain?
2: I don't even I don't even know if I have a left brain. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm super right brain, except that I'm really particular about certain things. So like it's interesting. I'm 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 creative. I'm an ideas person, like not super detail oriented. But if you showed me my website, like I could I could be like I could sit there for hours and tell you every single thing, every detail. Got so I it. think it's like I think a a true right brain can pick when they want to be a left brain sometimes, but Hmm. the real, it's not a natural thing Hmm. and it's only for some things, right? Yeah. So I, I'm totally right brain, but like I'm left brain when it comes to like my right brain creativity. Does that make sense? It does. Uh, Yeah. Like I built the website with my right side brain, but like I'm going to analyze it with my left side. Right. Sort of, but I'm not, it's not a natural thing for me.
0: Art and science blend together very, yeah. very carefully and yeah. very easily. Yeah. So oh, that makes so tons b- of sense.
2: Yeah, I guess it does.
1: So when we, st- so Two Spheres started as right brain, left brain. And uh, there might be some old language actually in, in our write-ups, but we, we were thinking about this idea about doing it in Detroit, and we said there are so many great artists and creatives in this city. There's also great business leaders. Oh, yeah. And so why don't we make sure we put on, like, we were, ca- we were throwing too much of a broad brush to the right brain, left brain things because we were bringing in business leaders that, were chros of big companies and they were very right brain forward and so we couldn't say the business persons all left brain because that's not the reality of it no. and we we had some uh, mural artists that came in that were incredibly right brain and so we said okay let's get away from this two spheres metaphor of the brain just have it being two different spheres coming together and that's really what this is this has become and I'm curious have you taken any personality tests uh, HBDI and Rob I guess this is a question for you first is um, how do you marry people who i say oh i'm enfj and look at your your program or the umap or that sort of thing as well
0: well first of all we have a place in the umap where we tell that to everybody oh okay you 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 know it's a way to understand how you can communicate Effectively to different people. I see. So that helps. If I see your UMAP and it's got that, I know how to approach you in a different way. Um, and you know, we we deal mostly with uh, disc or Colby uh, or and, and a couple of others. Um, and I'm a I, I hate to say it out loud, but I'm a high D high D I for those who know what that is, which means you know I have a tension attention span of about ten seconds yeah. the max Same. and get to the point And I'm always driving for results. And, it, and that's just kind of the way I'm wired. Yeah. Um, but when I know somebody from a different personality profile is coming at me there's a one quick funny story from somebody uh one of my teammates uh teammates jody she is she's actually a beautiful blend of right and left brain mm. she is incredibly <clears throat> creative but also will sit on a spreadsheet all night long wow love her um you <laughs> need people jody. like that yeah, yeah. yeah. love, love, Shout love, out love to jody. jody uh but we have some history together and she ran training and development uh in in, in the bank where i was the president ceo and we had a meeting set we had just just done disc training that she had facilitated for us. And we knew our personality types. And so she set up a meeting with me. It's an hour. She comes into my office. She's got a perfectly prepared PowerPoint. And she just mm. starts rifling through it, Ready. like page after page, talking fast. And I'm looking at her and I start smiling <laughs> because because she knows my, my personality yeah. profile. And I now know hers is like the exact opposite. So I just kind of <laughs> quietly let her go through. And then I finally just lower my voice. And I say, Jody, slow down. <laughs> You have my full attention. You're doing great, and we have an hour.
2: <laughs> She's like, "It's done." It's five minutes later. It, it
0: almost was done in five minutes, so we had a great laugh about it. But that—that that kind of stuff. <laughs> and I know it's not maybe related to your question, but no. but that is that's the beauty when you wear it out and you you know you identify, you profile people in a way that uh, is authentic to them. You can use this information for all kinds of great stuff. Oh, it's so.
1: brilliant. We, so HBDI, and I don't know a heck of a lot about that. Um, that test or whatever it is, all I know is that it's color coded. So yeah. when we everyone who starts at root in their first you know couple of weeks, they take this test and you see what color people are at. In practice, it may or may not come in. In theory, it's a brilliant thing. Yeah. So red is like really emotional, I believe. Yellow is like forward thinking and really high level thinking. Blue is systems thinking, and I think green. I don't remember what green is. I'm not green. <laughs> I'm all red. And one of the questions they say or one of the ways that the data comes at you is when you're feeling stressed, where do you lean? Hmm. And when I'm feeling right. really stressed or really like against my heels, I lean on emotion. That's what yeah. I do. Other people, they lean on numbers, they lean on data. They're more blue. And so the idea when we're working as a you know a consulting firm with organizations if we have someone who's really high level blue who's going to run the project management we're going to need someone who's pretty red or pretty yellow who can do the creative stuff too and so that's how we can kind of build our teams so i'm, I'm curious ricky for, from your sake when you think about people you've collaborated with and i understand most of your time in the working world has been you're your own boss you have your own company but in terms of partners that you've had in terms of other friends you've collaborated with like have other types of people that you find to work best with
2: Yes. I work best with people that are kind of the opposite of me.
0: Mm.
2: I'm very creative. I'm very forward thinking. And I'm, I, I think that like my approach is just a little more real. And I think I work better with people who, like I work, I don't know, I work well with someone who I can like text at like 12 a.m. and like ask them a question even if it's the same question five times in a row and like they'll answer It's like they have a lot of patience. I work well with people who have a lot of patience and I work well with people who Are open to new ideas and they don't need to necessarily be in full control because I think that I Sometimes like that role more and so I need someone who's kind of like can complement that mm. but I also think like you know, I think you can learn to work with anyone um, if you're a good leader. Right. So I don't know. Cause like, I'm trying to think about it like just as my friendships really now, like not even business. I'm like, what kind of people do I just gravitate towards? Yeah, Patient people, people that are just like, go with the flow. You know, if I get a little crazy in my head, they can just be like, they'll talk about it with me for like 25 minutes. Cause like, that's just what I need. Yeah. So patience, I think.
1: I gotcha. And Rob, I'm curious because your your business now is up to I think what, fifteen employees, maybe a little less? Thirteen. Thirteen okay, okay I was yeah. right there. there. I was I was on Very it. Close, yeah. <laughs> so talk me through you building your team and how you've tried to like maximize people's talents, right brain, left brain, creative versus analytical, as you've not grown from one to two to now thirteen.
0: I'm, I'm bringing the hard ones out. Yeah, no pressure. This right. I, 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 team building. This is this is what we do. <laughs> um, I'll start with the fact that we have an absolutely fantastic complementary skill set team. And yeah. so there was some intentionality around that. And I was really fortunate to have some great um, prior relationships and new people that I really wanted. To go after because of those skill sets, mm. um, and I, at time, you know, a couple of them took eighteen months to to get, um, but we really started the team with a couple of core people. One around technology and teaching. So the the, the woman I referred to earlier, um, she's been such a, a right hand. Um, you know, I'm her left; she's my right. Like we worked shoulder to shoulder on the software and and some of the programs. And when we needed a couple of really really um, skilled, experienced executive CHRO and training and development folks. I knew exactly where I wanted to go. Got it. Uh, Leslie Lynch and Jody DeRue are two of the best, and mm. they've had diverse experiences. So we knew, because we went from uh, you know an idea in the startup world, and I know uh, Ricky and I are yeah. going to relate there, um, to, uh, you know, understanding we're going to do some consulting, some high-end consulting around lead with connection and mm. performance. Mm. Uh, and then we realized that if we put a bunch of people into a room, that we're going to hit, we're going to affect more people. Yeah, And so we started a leadership, con- you know, uh, cohort-style uh, training program, and that's where those folks came in, and they've been absolutely brilliant, and they have built such a wonderful product. Mm. Um, and then we had to turn uh, our attention, because we had ignored it, to branding. Uh. and uh which this all happens in very this is like dog years right this is all within 3 or 4 months so um <laughs> right. and and you know thankfully in the rearview mirror for a while so we found a great brand leader with a really interesting story world traveler um uh, La Cordon Bleu trained oh, pastry chef. The guy what? you want. Yeah, she is. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, I'm so sorry. She, <laughs> but, but, but Brittany, yeah, it is just, and, and everybody has a story. Yeah. That's what we're really after people with interesting stories because we're going to relate to a more diverse audience and, and just, it's fun to be around each other. Yeah. So we went there. Um, and I if, if I forget anybody here, I'm going to be in big, big trouble. But, uh, and then we, we brought in a couple of client advisors, yeah. your friend Pete being hey, one yeah. of them, uh, with just, you know, Incredibly high character, uh, high drive, and people who really know how to talk and relate to people. Yeah, and so that's the, it was it was very much a values driven exercise, as much or more than it was a skill driven exercise. Got it. I, I love that.
1: And another follow up question on that, Rob. Like when you've looked at the other startups that you've helped stand up and and sell to private act and that sort of thing. Like, did different types of organizations you were building or different focuses or strategies dictate your human capital strategy as well, just as you described there?
0: Without question. And the, the, the question there is, is scale. So uh, a startup I worked on earlier uh, was really not set up at all to scale. I was the primary intellectual property, and, and uh, we provided some tremendous service. And I actually was most of that intellectual property and work was done here in the city of Detroit. Got it. Uh, so that was a wonderful experience, but not scalable. Uh, when you're talking about putting, putting together a company that is intended for scale, uh when you're talking about software, when you're talking particularly software, but when you're talking about training programs that are also scalable, uh, and that's really what we're, we're attempting to do right now, uh, the investment is so much higher uh, because you have to find the skill sets. I'm one person. And and I I have a background story in banking where I was brought in to scale a company that had stopped scaling and it was very founder centric. Mm. So that was kind of my training ground for what I'm doing today. And you have to let go of the fact that you can't do it yourself as a founder. You have to bring in the skill sets, which means you have to invest and grow into your clothes Mm. a lot more, which comes with risk.
1: Yeah. Yeah, certainly. So we talked about story earlier and everyone has a story to tell. And I want to. Take us back to the beginning, Ricky. I want to start with you. So back at the beginning, and you don't need to start at your birth, but you can start with like when your life was to take off. Like, <laughs> give us give us a story. Like, you where-
2: know what my birth story. Is?
1: <laughs> That's a good one. I'd love I'd love to know.
2: I don't even want to know it. All- I will tell you this quickly, just because it's kind of cute. Yeah. I have two older brothers, and my mom really wanted a little girl. So she wore pink high knee socks when she gave birth, and then she named me a boy's name. Oh, that's so tough. no wonder! Like I had like a rough upbringing. <laughs> I was confused my whole life. That's a that's story. Funny. Be a be a girl, but here is your name. Here's a boy.
0: <laughs> that's fantastic.
1: Uh, uh, I-, I love <laughs> it. So give it. Yeah, take us back to the beginning of, of maybe. Of birth. Uh, you know, <laughs> you, did you grow up here? Yes. Yeah. Give us Give us that.
2: Um. So I grew up in Bloomfield whatever it's fine and (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't really I'm not a huge West Bloomfield fan but my family also lived on a lake we lived on Sylvan Lake Mm. so we would in the summers my mom would like trick us into think that thinking that we were going up north and we would drive 15 minutes and we'd live in our lake house for three months so I I got to have these two cool experiences of like living the West Bloomfield life but then being taken away from it as like a child and being on a lake and it was really cool and um I had a normal childhood up until I was probably around eight, my mom got sick when I was eight years old. She had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma for five years. So she died when I was 13. Mm-hmm. And that really became like the catalyst of everything in my life because you don't really realize as a child the, the profound effects it has on your development and mm-hmm. your emotional development, your physical, your mental, your all the things that you're going through as a child. You know, you're just trying to be a child. So that really set the stone of like the things that I dealt with I would say like my weight, right? And it really, it set me up for so much pain that I had no choice but to learn how to deal with it. Mm. And I think that's why I do what I do now is because I went through such a traumatizing event that I didn't know was traumatizing. Mm. You don't, and that's the the other part about trauma. It's like, you don't even know it's traumatizing until years later and you wake up and you're 23 and you're like, why am I sad?
0: Mm.
2: Because we measure everything in time, Mm. but time doesn't heal everything like we do time helps
0: for yeah. sure. Yeah.
2: But not if you don't deal with it.
1: <clears throat> Interesting. Okay. And so you say you started.
2: So that's like primarily where it started, like this loss. And yeah. then I, um, you know, had a lot of things happen in between and sure. did a lot of really cool stuff. Some steps backwards, some steps forward. And then when I was 23, I decided to become a licensed health coach. I didn't really know why I was doing it. I just like, I had a lot of issues with my body. I had a lot of of struggles growing up and I wanted to find better coping skills. And I was like kind of into food at the time. And so selfishly, I was like, well, maybe I can, you know, get like a really good body and do this and do that if I like learn to be a health coach, whatever. It was like for primarily selfish reasons. And then one month after enrolling in this program, my best friend at the time asked me to help her lose 150 pounds of weight and I'd never in my life, and, and, and not to just even, not even that part of it. I never had anyone ask me to help them with anything. Mm. I had never been put in a leadership position. So I was taken back by it. And I was like, all right, like, I don't really know what I'm doing. She was like, but you do know what you're doing because you've been enrolled in this program for a month. So like, maybe this is a good opportunity for you to like practice. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, I wanted to practice on myself. <laughs> like, what the hell is this? So I said yes. And about a month and I realized, so I started coaching her. I'm going to list, like, abbreviated part of the story, but I started coaching her and I built her a daily system, things that I've been doing with myself, track your food, walk 10,000 steps a day, drink two liters of water, like nothing fancy. And I started coaching her and about a month in, A, it was working. She like had lost 30 pounds and like we were having so much fun. And I was like, wow, like this is so great. But I had this like gut feeling that she was going to quit. And I had a gut feeling that like this thing between us would like fade eventually. So I was like, how do I make sure that we do this? And so I said, we should make a blog. And we should make the whole journey public. And we should invite people into the process of change. You know, they can watch you change. They can watch me coach you. They can watch this dynamic. So we created a blog called Break the Weight. And for 290 days, I coached her and we invited people into our journey. And we blogged every single day. Uh-huh. And what started off as a very physical journey, you know, talking about recipes and workouts you know, slowly transformed into talking about loss and grief and pain and all these different things, the real weight in our lives. Wow. She lost hundred pounds and then I turned that into the coaching program. Got it. So it was like, you know, it's been this crazy journey.
1: Wow. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. That's Incredible. really cool. Yeah.
2: It was really cool. And it's, it's just interesting because I didn't ask for it. Like I wasn't like, "Let me be this coach. Let me do this." Yeah. I honestly was just like in a lot of pain, and I was like, "What can yeah. I do to feel better?" So I took I took a right action, yeah. and then it, it led to another. You know, it led to another action.
1: Wow. And as that friend reflects on that, those hundred ninety days that you said, two hundred, wow, almost a year, almost a year. As she reflects on that, like what what has been her biggest piece of growth? Was it the the mental capacity and the dealing with grief in a more healthy way? Or was it the physical, like I'm now in better habits in better shape because of my eating and my exercising and that sort of thing?
2: So I think what she realized and what I realized was that like wherever you go, there you are. Mm. Whether you're a thousand pounds, whether you're five pounds, whether you're 20 pounds, whether you're a hundred pounds, it doesn't matter. If you got the weight internally, you're heavy. And so it wasn't just You know, and the more weight that she lost, the heavier she felt sometimes because Hmm. she realized, and I think a lot of people realize that they they get to this weight and then they're like, why am I unhappy? Or they get this money and they're like, okay, now what? Or they get their dream home and they're like, all right, next. And so you got to deal with the real internal weight. And it's, you know, it's not even about like her, it's even me. Like after that experience, I was like, wow, I'm a thousand pounds Hmm. emotionally. And it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, you want to take care of yourself. You want to feel good, right? Like, those are all great things. And, like, you want to look better. I mean, those are amazing things. And they build confidence. But if you don't like who you are, I mean, really, like, and you don't deal with the heaviness, doesn't matter. Mm. It all comes back. And so it's, after that experience, we weren't, we weren't both just like, wow, we're healed. People, like, we... There were a lot of things that happened after that I think we realized, like, we still have a lot of heaviness to deal with. Mm. But the word weight got redefined. So I think that was pretty cool.
1: Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. And so between then and now, you're (laughs) not doing a lot more speaking engagements and there's been a lot of different developments in in your brand, uh, as well as the, the marketing for the company itself. So talk about how you parlayed that experience into where you are now.
2: Yeah. So, you know, I did coaching and it was really great, but I felt like there was something missing. I couldn't figure it out. And I went to a Tony, do you guys know Tony Robbins? The best.
1: Oh yeah. yeah, from Shallow How? He had a cameo in that movie.
2: You <laughs> did have a cameo in that movie, it's like so weird. Um, so I went to, I was. I, it was in 2017, I was going through a rough time in my life and I was in this a really unhealthy relationship and I went to this Tony Robbins seminar for five days solo in san jose walked on fire did all drink all the kool-aid mm. whatever he gave me i drank and i got back <clears> and <throat> i was like about that. <laughs> <laughs> i got back and i was like i want to do what he's doing i don't know what he's doing i don't know what he's on but i want that and um like a month later i got a random facebook message from this woman who was like hey we're looking for speakers i wasn't a speaker though so mm. like there was no thing but i had but I've been like in the public eye. And she was like, we're looking for speakers. We put it in this mom group that we were looking for speakers. And like seven people gave your name. And I'm like, that doesn't make sense. I'm not a speaker. But I was like, okay, sure. So she's like, can you come in tomorrow and speak for hundred people? I'm like, great. So I did it. And I just remember it was so fun. I remember mm-hmm. thinking like, that was so fun. And so I added it on to the coaching. I was just like, all right, whatever I'm saying on the phone, like I can say to a group of people, sort of like what, you know, like what you said earlier about just like you get in in front of one person, but like imagine what you can do in front of 50 or 60 or 80. It's like the impact. And then I realized like how much I loved business. Mm. And I was like, oh, that makes sense because I've been building a business. And so I was, so now I'm like taking my talk into more business setting of like, we're all just people. We all have weight, right? In and outside of work. And it's just been this really interesting transition and I really feel like I'm just at the beginning of it, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. Like I'm an you know.
1: Wow. Yeah. Well, excellent. Well, plenty more follow ups, but I want to get to you, Rob, about yeah, your Rob, it's your, your turn. Your story. <laughs> <Good> so <luck. laughs> take us back to the beginning. You're from here originally or just spent a lot of time here?
0: Uh, well, I spent a lot of time here. I'm originally from the west side of the state. I'm, you know, describe myself as a poor kid from the sticks. Um what does but- that mean? A uh, small, small town. Grew up in w- West Michigan, just, uh, and, and from a very, very humble family. Yeah. Uh, so money was not my family's thing. Love was our thing. Like, I grew up in a very loving household. Um, parents, you know, have been gone for some time, but uh, they they did a wonderful thing for my brother and me. Um, launched us in, you know, great paths, and uh, the rest kind of handled itself. Um, but I, I found my way, well, I, I found my way to Detroit via Chicago. So okay. I... Uh, I graduated in the early 90s, dating myself a little bit, and... uh, (laughs) What does uh, that mean,
2: dating yourself, like...
0: Like the fact that I'm the oldest person around this <laughs> oh, table. Oh, I you meant
2: like literally dating yourself. I was like, what does that have to do with That's a
0: very strange. Yeah, that would be strange. Um, <laughs> that's how so, young I am. So uh, the the interesting thing about that time was it was a recession. There were no jobs. So I went wow. hat in hand to Chicago with uh, nothing but hope. Wow. And I fell into the banking world because they were the first ones to say yes. Got it. So that's how I got in and then was really head down, worked really hard. Um, and found myself back to the Detroit area about nine years later uh, because my wife is from Detroit. She grew up here, uh, born and raised and um, you know found myself then gr- kind of growing in leadership within the banking industry. Mm. And one of the first really, I think important milestones in my career, Uh, was I found myself by kind of stupid luck really running a real estate investment business for a big bank with a focus on urban development in the city of Detroit. Interesting. So I found myself involved in advising and financing a bunch of high-profile projects here Hmm. that are within, you know, really, you know, close to where we're sitting, like the Book Cadillac Hotel. Oh, yeah. Um, I I had... uh, Oh, I'm gonna screw it up. the The coffee shop that I had uh, coffee at, our meeting that this morning, the Garden Roasters, um, Great Lakes. Thank I was you. Just about to say great Lakes it. Coffee <laughs> Roasters. That's it. Uh, okay. Yeah, great, great spot. It was my first time in there. And, yeah. And I was meeting with some folks, and I said, you know, funny, this is like being home because I was involved in this entire block. Incredible. And the first That's event amazing. that I after I left. Detroit and went to Grand Rapids. I came back for the grand opening of that project, and wow. with, you know, got together with a bunch of old friends here in Detroit. So it, it you know, that was a a wonderful time in yeah. my life, really digging into and walking a lot of wonderful old buildings that we were able to play a part in bringing them back to life. Wow! And so that was the first time where I said, okay, now I know I am in this business or any business. Yeah. Right before that, I was just head down trying to make a living. And um, so what I ended up doing with that was taking the way we, learning kind of how we approach those projects and believing that there was a better way outside of the big banking world. And I decided to take that on my own. Mm. Uh, so I did start my own, my first company um, outside of, a, of a, an existing bank because I had started a couple actually um, inside institutions. Mm. Uh, and I started a, I started a business, private equity and consulting around investing in the urban context. And, wow. and started looking in Detroit. Looked outside. It found I found myself in Grand Rapids doing a couple projects in mm. Chicago. Uh, we got down to St. Louis, and the interesting part there was the timing was 2006. Okay. Uh, so again, dating myself, um, we thought it was a fantastic idea to raise private equity and to put our own money into the ground, um, thinking that the market would just dip a little. And in fact, it went through the basement. Yeah. And we experienced the Great Recession. So that uh, was a painful uh, lesson, although a good one. Yeah. Uh, so that was uh, yeah that uh, was a still a Great experience, right? We we in many ways part of our business became more relevant as the traditional funding sources, banks stopped lending, etc. Mm. We were involved in non-traditional sources, so we became even more in demand on the consulting side. That's just an aside, um, but that business kind of wrapped up, uh, and uh, about 2011, my phone rang and I was. Uh, part of a process to bring a new CEO to a bank in Grand Rapids, and so that's where I really found myself, you know, going from managing teams within big banks to managing an entire company, uh, and which was also a great experience. But what I learned along the way was a lot of the bad part of culture, and. You know, when you're when I was on the receiving end, it was okay. But I was trained, and many people through the banking industry were trained to basically uh, deploy the human asset like any other asset for the purpose of creating shareholder value. Oh, I, that's
1: it. Yeah. yeah,
0: and and that just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't work really um, in the in the Gen X era, and it certainly doesn't work for anybody who's come after that. So that was kind of my test ground or my training ground for mm-hmm. what I might do when I had a chance to get a hold of a business and really play a bigger role in defining the culture. Yeah. And so if I may keep going. Please. Um <laughs> When I got to this uh, this smaller bank uh, as a CEO, I found something kind of interesting, um, and a quick story I will share. So I, I find myself—I'm I'm young for the role, uh, and these are very experienced people, really smart people. There was a founder who had really taken the company on his shoulders and built it to where it was, but it had— flatlined, yeah. and they were intentional about bringing somebody else in to try and see if we could um, rescale it. Yeah, uh, So it was very intentional on their part to give them all the, the credit in the world. Uh, but I, I we have a, a monthly meeting known as our operating committee where we would... Um, sit down and discuss all the tough stuff, right, about the business. And so um, that was the time, right, when I was going to kind of make my mark. And I waited. I talked to some people in the company. I wanted to make sure I knew people, knew the issues, maybe find something I had actually spent some time discussing and researching. So I finally get there. It's a few months into the job, and I get into that table, and it's my turn to talk. And it's, you know, there's chairman on one end and all the other top executives. And I, I say, have we ever considered doing X. Mm. It doesn't really even matter what that was. But I I asked the question, would we ever consider doing X? And the pause was about that long. Got it. (laughs) Got it. Right? Nobody around the table said a word. Oh my goodness. And then the founder puts his hands on the table and looks at me and says, are you out of your bleeping mind? Oh my God. And so there I am. Oh my God. The young new guy in the room. And that's not the interesting part of the story, though. The interesting part isn't being challenged by a founder and chairman. It was completely normal. Yep. Um, it was his opinion. I could have done without maybe the bleep. But, um, <laughs> but the interesting part of the story was the pause. Right. Mm. So we had a group of incredibly talented, experienced people, more so than me, who paused. <laughs> and it hit me in that moment that these folks had probably had their turn in my chair. I see. And so here we were, and I was sitting here with an opportunity or a challenge of how am I going to reignite the growth of this business? Mm. And it had everything to do with how am I going to connect with this team, build their trust so that I'm not going to be the one saying, are you out of your mind? I needed to put value back into their ideas so that they would take their ideas that were better than mine and spread them out around the company in in order to get Scale returned or yeah. growth to return to the company, and so that set me down this path of leading with connection in a very intentional way. Huh. So the rest is kind of history. Now it lives in our business. Yeah, and uh, and we and I'm sure you'll have questions yeah, about that. No, so. I, that it, that's, that's absolutely cool.
1: great. And I, I want to double click into it, and if I'm summarizing correctly, stop me, Rob. But all of your experience in startup world, private equity, in you know commercial real estate, like that, really built up your perspective of what you wanna change about business. Is that a fair, I'm talking in terms of culture, in terms of how leaders are engaging with their teams and that sort of thing? Uh, yeah, it, that, that was definitely a long training ground. Got it, yeah. yeah. And it goes back to a conversation we were having earlier about, Ricky, if you don't mind me sharing that you started a, a new gig to get that perspective. Yes. And I'm wondering if you can speak a little about that based on Rob's uh, story.
2: Yeah, so.
1: I
0: have a lot of weight.
2: <laughs> Same. <laughs> don't we all? <laughs> we all do. Um, so yeah, I recently started a job at uh, a mattress company called Reverie, and it was supposed to be a temporary position. I was just going in there for a couple weeks and whatever they needed some help with some stuff. And it's turning into more. They're like creating a position for me. But the reason I was so gun ho about doing it was because I speak to companies and organizations on driving sustainable change and overcoming obstacles. And there's so many obstacles in business, whether it's personal obstacles or professional obstacles, leadership obstacles, systems, outdated systems and I've been speaking on this and I've been coaching for so long that I've really gotten to know people. And so I know how people operate. Like I know the way that their minds work. I know how you can speak to someone in a way where you can get them to do what you want to do if you can talk to them in a way where they want to hear you. And so I already knew that I had the people skills, but I didn't I didn't know the business. I didn't know really what goes into business. So now I'm in a position where I'm watching leaders that act. I'm watching systems. I'm watching people on customer service calls. Mm-hmm. I'm watching people get really stressed out. I'm watching people sit all day. I'm watching them not take care of themselves or I'm watching them do really great things. And so it's giving me more perspective and it's really humbling because it's cool to speak on something and have knowledge about it, but it's greater to speak on something and have an experience with mm. it. I mean, that's, v- and that's valuable. It's how you learn. It's how, it's the only way to learn. And like, I I feel more comfortable speaking on it because I'm doing it now and I'm living and I'm breathing this new world. I also think there's something to be said about like, you don't have to pick like mm. I'm an entrepreneur in my heart for sure. But that doesn't mean that like I can't open a different door Sure. and I used to think it did. And I think that's another thing for business. Like just because you lead this way doesn't mean that that door isn't better. And I think if we can just keep that perspective like it's not where you start. Yeah, it's where you finish. Yeah, it's like where you where are you going.
1: And uh, forgive me, Rob. Was it was it Jody who was the teacher and is, she's like the head. We of- We love Jody. Learned? Yeah, we're yeah. A big fans. Jody, for are listening, she's she's
0: the adult learner. She's not the actual teacher. <laughs> That's Danielle. But, oh, okay. Yeah.
2: Okay, we love Danielle.
1: And, gotcha. We love Danielle too. So so Danielle was the former teacher currently yeah. employed. And yeah. so talk about her journey and how her yeah. background has really made her an asset. Yeah, For become unmistakable.
0: So when when we found Danielle, she, well, we were in the process of trying to turn our management philosophy, our leading with connection into software to make it more broadly available. And so what we really needed was someone, and, it, and, it, it, and we train, right? We train an awful lot. It's a lot about adult learning, but it's also about software. So we needed someone who had an education background, who was used to working with adults, and also had a software background.
1: So <laughs> what this a unicorn basically doesn't exist, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: right? And, and so we were so lucky to find, through relationships, um, find Danielle. And mm. so uh, and I just wanna make sure I'm as, answering your question, but, but that's how she got involved with us. She was the unicorn. How could we possibly find this? and then when you meet her, you can't you know you know you want to spend all your time with her because she's a lovely person yeah. she works her butt off yeah uh, she's smart and you know so it was just a great great long-term fit
1: yeah indeed and I think the reason I, I asked the question is like a
2: teaching thing right it, well, like the value of having like a outside perspective
1: that exactly and that's kind of what you' you you are hungry to gain that perspective yes so that you can be better in your speaking engagements where and, right. you know Danielle. Yeah had this competency of being a teacher, right. but that had parlayed into this opportunity that she's doing right. a very strategic role. And, and so I, I think that's that's so brilliant and it is yeah. the way that people learn experientially.
0: And, and if I can add a little bit to the story about Danielle and, and relating back to Ricky and her experience now with taking, you know, opening another door and learning from the perspective of a business, yeah. right? To employ into her coaching practice. The same thing is true of Danielle's journey in our business, right? She has a teaching background, um, some software, and now she's actually training folks in the business world <laughs> and dealing and, and and running our client service organization. Yeah. And so, one of the things that that we are very serious about through our process is people's individual development. And so, we push our folks pretty hard to come up with some unique ideas for how they could develop. And so, in that process, she came up with an idea for how her development could really accelerate. Mm. So, I'll give you the punchline. The the end of it is. As of two weeks from now, she will start with one of our clients, she'll stay on our payroll, but she will be embedded in their company, wow. not only to implement our software, but to start working on projects within their human resources organization, wow. uh, and they're very specific, very meaty projects. So she's going to learn the context of our client mm. from a perspective she's never had. Mm. And that's how we invest in development. Yeah. Right? This is a true investment. When she comes out of that, she will have more oh. confidence, more experience, more stories to share yeah. with credibility with our clients. So that's so I smart. Hope, I think the same thing will be true for you, Ricky. And I, I I think that's wonderful
2: thank you you know I was just thinking that's really cool um, and really cool of you guys to just like invest and in people like that I think it's awesome but I was just thinking like like I'm doing the speaking and stuff but I was just like I like love the consulting it's so fun like mm-hmm. it's to go in somewhere and be able to make an impact is just but on such a different level is so it's just I think it's so much fun mm-hmm. and Again, that just goes back to like open the door. Like you don't know what the what's behind the door. Yeah. I think when you get over yourself and you get out of your own way, you could open a door.
1: Yeah, without question. I studied psychology as an undergrad, <clears throat> and I think I say it. Clay's going to start laughing at me, uh, but I say it on every single show that I'm a University of Dayton graduate. They're having a hell of a football. Or excuse me, hell of a basketball season this year. Ranked sixth in the nation. Shout out to the boys. <laughs> Shout out to Anthony Grant. It's actually but So I studied psychology, and I really wanted to get into organizational psychology. And I wasn't sure if I wanted to do the PhD route or whatever it was. And I found this company, Root Inc. And I won't go through the whole – it's kind of a cool story, but I ended up getting the job. But on the day of the interview, uh, our VP of client services, Brad Howden, one of the most well-respected guys that I know. He's just awesome. But he's also terrifying. And he sat across the table from me and he said, Nolan – you're 22 years old, and you have zero business experience. Why do you think you would be a good business consultant?
2: <laughs> it's a fair question. I
1: blacked out. I have no idea what I said. I have no idea. In our business, we call that an amygdala hijack.
0: <laughs> and uh, yes,
1: you can. <laughs> you are not thinking i uh, yeah uh bad news I, I i answered it i said yes you're right i don't have any business experience but what i do have is an incredible ability to connect with people and i know that that is what is a huge value here at this organization evidently that was good enough to get hired uh, and now like now i'm going back to get my mba and so i'm, I'm getting some of that business acumen kind of hold it at the top but to your point Ricky when you are a consultant you learn so fast because your feet are right to the fire it's the best we we have at root the great opportunity to to meet with business leaders that are looking to make big changes in the organization right away yeah and so you have to you have to know what the realities that are cause realities in their marketplace that are causing them to need to shift and you need to be really clear about what are the structures and the cultural routines in the business so that you can build something that is going to be receptive to them so like I it, it consulting is such a great way to get a good, like a good widened view on organizations and their challenges.
2: So true, like just a really quick example. I was um, talking to my boss today. It's weird to say. <laughs> I'm still a boss, guys. <laughs> You're talking to yourself? I was talking or to myself. Mirror. <laughs> mirror, and um, you know, I said to her, like I've been in the customer service department with them, like helping them lead and manage and stuff. And I said, you know, I should be a rep for a month. Mm. I mean, I should really understand like, what is the interaction here? Like on the, on the end of the caller, the client and then the rep. And so I feel like, and that's not like, cause I want to do customer service. I just think that if I'm going to be a good leader, I got to know what the hell I know. I got to know what I'm doing. I got to mm. know what they go through right. on every level. And I think that's a different mindset of like, I'm not too good for that. Like if I'm going to be a good leader, if anyone's going to be a good leader, like you have to start at the bottom. Yeah, You have to take it from like, you have to like we're kind of like be like, all right, like let's start here. Yeah. And I just, it's a that's a humbling. Ex- I mean, I haven't gotten on one call yet, but I'm terrified.
1: <laughs> It'll come.
2: They're gonna like, I'm gonna be like, guys, what's the real weight? It's not the mattress in your life. <laughs> what's the real problem? I'm gonna get clients through customer service. It's gonna be amazing. That'll
1: work. That'll work. Cross reference. Um, so we, at root and on the show here, talk a lot about vision, purpose, and. Vision, vision, purpose, and culture. So, I'm curious from become unmistakable, uh, break the way, or really Ricky Friedman as a as a speaker in a keynote. Ooh. Vision, purpose of your organization or your personal brand. Would love to hear your perspective first, Rob.
0: Well, we've we've done recent work on this, and we talk about it all the time on what we call our meaning. You know, most people's mission or, or purpose. Um, and that's to help organizations foster meaningful relationships meaningful mm. connection with the people in their organizations which are the center of any strategy mm. right so that is that's that's where we come from it's all about people mm. uh, and so that gets us out of bed in the morning it really does yeah. it's and it's very simple and and our, our basic values are kind of interestingly expressed I guess mm. Um They are take off your armor, okay, right? Which is is not an not our own original, but we are very uh, focused on vulnerability. And I and Ricky, thank you for your vulnerability with your story earlier. That is what we practice. Mm -hmm. Um, So we ask people to be authentic. Um, Don't sit in traffic. Okay, uh, is another, which means don't you know, clear away the obstacles. Don't accept um, the status quo. I got it. Right. Um, come to the table, which is physically a table in our organization (laughs) where we come together to collaborate, bring your ideas, uh, and be ready to, to do a little battle. Oh, that's right. So we're very,
1: remove your armor. Don't sit in traffic. Come to the table. Come to
0: the table. Dance in the rain. Dance this. Wow. We have five. So excuse me. it's, It's kind of a lot dance, dance in the rain. So this is, um, Enjoy the struggle. Enjoy each other, mm. right? So there's there's fun and there's there's joy in the struggle mm. uh, because what we do is hard. Yeah, and what anybody does of any value is hard. Yeah, they call it work for a reason. Yeah, and then finally, what more can I do? Right. So for each other, for our clients to personally grow, Got those it. are our values. Mm. So and they live within all the things that we teach and train others. Wow. Well,
1: excellent. And we think about vision and think about it, not to you know get too much of a peek under your kimono, but... What is what is the the goal for Be- become unmistakable? Is it to sell the private act? Is it to build a company and actually have a brand? I mean, what's the what's the ultimate goal? If you're comfortable sharing, of course. Sure. No,
0: our our goal is to build a business. Got it. Uh, build a sustainable business that drives meaningful connection around the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've dipped our toe around the world already. We we've dipped our toe around the United States in twelve states so far. Wow. But oh, uh, so it's been it's been a really cool journey for us, and we want to build this business around uh, a, a different. Approach to leadership that is connection based, mm. that's inspiration based. It's not command and control, mm. uh, because we believe that when you focus on the success of your people, the rest of it follows. Yeah. So we do that through training, and then we sustain it through software, and we make it very accessible, very easy for folks. So our our hope is to to really knock it out of the park in the organizational context, and we are in. We're in twelve states. We're probably in twenty industries yeah. already. And I, awesome. I spent time while I've been here with the public school system. Wow. I mean, it's really, um, it's really all over the board, and it's been really, really gratifying from that perspective. But we want to be a big company, uh, at, 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 a big small company, sure. I should say, because sure. we're growing through partnerships. Yeah. Um, but then we want to also tackle some consumer applications. Got it.
1: Here, here. Very cool, Ricky. From your perspective, and th- this could be your your personal brand as a speaker or for Break the Weight specifically, but. Vision, purpose, what's what's the vision for you as
2: um,
1: as a person, as a professional, as a speaker, as an advocate, as a leader?
2: Damn. All right. Well, my vision, I have a few visions. Sure. Love it. So I definitely want to obviously live a life of impact. Um, I definitely see myself immersed in the speaking world and like, on big stages talking to all different kinds of industries i also very much have feel pulled to the youth mm. and so that's always going to be a part of my career like whether that's speaking to high schools or you know coaching in some sense because those are the years that i struggled the most so that's always like a part of my vision but i think the bigger vision at least like what i see is turning in more to of like a leadership role, like consulting and like speaking on that kind of stuff. I think that it just goes back to what you're saying, Rob, like really focusing on the person and like getting, I think the biggest thing is that people don't feel valued or seen or heard. And I think when you can make someone feel like they are important, I mean, all it takes is like, hey, you did like, do you see those numbers? Like, look how great you did today. And the amount of confidence that gives someone. So I want to help people feel better about who they are and also be okay with being human because I know for myself, like I always take steps backwards, right? Like I have really great days and I have days where I'm like, don't feel like a rock star at all. Mm. And I think the problem is that people stay on the ground too long. It's not that they fall on the ground it's that they stay on it. And so it goes right back to the thing of like, how do you build sustainable change? How do you build your life where you're moving forward even when you've taken steps backwards? Mm. So I really think like my purpose in life is to help people always take steps forward Mm. and I've stood in my own way a lot. And so how do how do we get out of our own way? Whether that's changing the people we hang out with or just stopping the vices that we use mm-hmm. or switching our mindset. You know, I really feel like my purpose is all of my struggles. Mm-hmm. Like that's my purpose. My purpose in this world is to help people, the things that I've struggled with or that I, I do struggle with still. And. I don't know, like I envision myself writing a book, like all the all those things, right? Yeah. Actually envision myself, this is like so out of left field. <laughs> you guys are going to be like, this girl's insane. Well,
1: it's on the mic now. I
2: really, um, <laughs> I have like a few really cool business ideas that I want to do that have nothing to do with anything that I'm doing now. Okay. But um, one of them I don't want to talk about because I don't want anyone to steal it. The second one though, I, it's not a business idea, but I want to open a rescue shelter one day. So like I have these like really crazy goals and, mm. and it just is like, it just goes back to like wanting to give back. Um, yeah. And I think you can do it in all different kinds of ways, but I don't know, you know, vision's always changing.
0: That's right. Cause
2: I'm changing. And yeah. I think if the vision changes as you change. Mm. So I don't know, I want to be impactful. I want to be a good leader. And I think you can be a leader in all different kinds of ways. Mm. I don't know if any of that made sense.
1: No, it, it absolutely does.
2: People listening are like, wait, what? <laughs> All I got from uh, that was that song. she wants to work with kids, she wants a dog shelter, she wants to work in business, she's a leader. <laughs> like maybe and she should get some hire Adderall. her
0: to speak <laughs> to fair. people. But I will tell you that right now. Peer I have her. I have an idea for that with uh, with some of the things that we're doing with our software. So
1: all right, look at this wow. making connections. Yeah. Well, Rob, I wanted to ask you actually put you on the spot a little bit and say if you could give Ricky or someone in Ricky's position yeah. advice, and maybe it's do. give yourself advice from when we when you were you know in your late twenties about. Having all these competencies, aspirations, and at least directional narrative. What what, what would you say? I'm
2: 32, by the way. Oh
1: no, you're not. Yeah, I turned
2: 32 yesterday. Oh, Oh, happy happy birthday!
0: birthday.
1: Wait,
2: two days ago.
0: Okay, happy belated birthday to you. Thank you. you. Boy, I know. Startup advice? You heard my first startup story. Life advice. Life advice. Business Um, advice.
2: Life. Okay, how about this? (laughs) Life advice. The triple threat. Um, a relationship advice. (laughs) <laughs> you're like wait, this is during the therapy. It's an inter-
1: interesting and a business turn this advice. podcast just three took. things. What was the third one? Business advice. Yeah.
0: Uh, okay, so business advice. Um, can I? Can we still consider your company a startup company?
2: It is a startup company. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like it, my it feels like it's been
0: around for ten years for me, but like I'm listening. I'm like, but, yeah. No, okay. it's so no. You're it's, still a startup.
2: We're still starting. <laughs>
0: um, okay, so uh, advice. Decide where you want to go. Um, as early as you can for the near term, don't such, you, uh, boy, that sounds like terrible advice when I'm saying it out loud. You want to have vision, <laughs> yeah. yes. but you want to break it sure. into, into steps. Um, it's watch like every, a year, two yeah. years, three years. Yeah, and, and watch every penny. Hmm.
2: I, I need that advice anyways.
0: Yeah. Watch every penny. Um, uh, <laughs> money goes up in smoke in the, uh, in the startup world. Um, <laughs> Never compromise who you are. It's hmm, a good one. Right. I, you know, here I'm taking off the armor uh, concept. Uh, the, the understanding, and that's why I actually love where you're coming from in your business and your journey to this point because you've done that self introspection. You've had that moment where I'm all about understanding how to be comfortable in my own skin and don't compromise that. Right. Um, but scale. How you want to scale your business will really drive, I think, one very important um, question, a couple, which is how can you do it with what resources? So not just money, but people. Mm. You can't do things alone. Right. So I I ran into that trouble in the first startup. Now, the startup was successful, but it wasn't going to go very far Mm. because I was not ready to give up everything right and what I've learned in this startup is you will go so much further if you surround yourself mm. with people who are just frankly smarter than me I'm not claiming that for you no it's true though um, but you you really need others around you whether in the early stages those are collaboration partners that you again take off your armor and bring in um, that will often do those things for free and right. that's really important yeah find, to the other yeah find some friends collect an advisory board uh, of people that you trust and that you value their opinions and you will go, f- I think, further faster. Mm. So that's business. I-, I like that. Okay. Relationships, Rob, let's hear it. What do you got for? <laughs> well, I, you know, what is the date today? Next month I will be married for 24 years. Oh, good for you guys. Yeah. That's great. Um,
2: that's amazing.
0: So, so my, my relationship advice, <laughs> this is going beyond marriage. I'm not in a relationship, yeah. so. Well, so I, I was actually a little jealous when Nolan gave you the question about um, who do you work best with? Uh Right, Because I'm thinking, oh, I want that question. Bring Uh, that over here. Oh, okay. Well, here's the answer, (laughs) Uh, because this is my relationship advice. Um, Because the people that I work best with are those that will match my transparency. So I try to model that. Certainly, we talk about it in business all the time, but I try to model that in life. And so um, I'm pretty kind of raw. I am an emotional person, too. Um, but I'll let people know where they stand, and so um, I, if if that's you, I wouldn't compromise that either. Uh, I l- love authenticity in people; it is such a wonderful quality. I am so lucky to be married to the most authentic person on the planet, mm. uh, you know, and that that is so important to a, a really long-term relationship. And I just went way off the reservation. No, I that's, love it. Look at this. I'm all ears. <laughs> no, because this it, show is
1: changing. People
2: struggle with that. I mean people, whether it's business or intimate. And I think the other thing is that some people, what I've learned is that who you are in business, like maybe you're a hustler or a go-getter, you're this, like not every trait transpires into like other relationships. So I think it's like, how do you figure out how to be yourself, but Mm. a different version of who you are Mm. in these kind of relationships.
1: Wow. Love it. Well, I'm going to try to bring us back. Beautiful beautiful no, We just took control of the No, podcast. I'm telling you, that's Rob, that's we're perfect. starting our own. That's it. Boom. We're out. <laughs> we haven't trademarked two spheres. So maybe we should well, get we're on doing that, that tonight, really, so. really quickly. <laughs> so I want to give people a chance, the folks listening, to to kind of put themselves in the shoes of your customers or your clients or the people you're speaking in front of. So um, I'm going to make a couple assumptions and feel free to, to change that. But let's say I am, Rob, we'll go with you first. Let's say I am a 250 person company. 50 million dollars maybe we do we sell widgets what is the value proposition of whether it's umap or Be- become unmistakable yeah.
0: well um how much time do you have <laughs> no so the value proposition is unfortunately um, related to what we're all experiencing in business, whether you're a 250 person company or 55,000 person company, yeah. which is a historical low engagement within our workforce. So it's at an all time low in the US history, it's 13%. Gallup does all the data crunching um, to prove it, and it's incredibly costly, and no one is exempt. So we're all feeling it. I'm, I, I see head nodding. I'm sure Root experiences it with its clients too. Um, and so our value proposition is that with our approach to leading with greater amount of connection, that you will save money. Mm. You, I mean, that sounds so bland and, and boring, but the return on investment for investing in engagement, whether you invest with us or others, mm. is very positive. That's right. So um, we, of course, would love people to invest with us because our tools, um, we're trying to take people from this traditional command and control uh left brain form of leadership and teach them how to connect more deeply with their people with simple things like getting to know them at a deeper level so you can personalize their experience but also connecting them to each other so they're engaged you know they have some a little bit more joy at work and then filling them with transparency about what's expected also so the performance is important so those the the buckets that we really serve um, are engagement performance and positioning of talent within an organization just to create a heck of a lot more joy, tap into effort, you know, effortless effort within organizations um, by doing that. So- and we we do that with anything from a half day workshop to a six month leadership program, and, and support it with our software.
1: Got it. And I'm sure that that cuts into onboarding right, new employees now, onboarding and that is sort of thing. Absolutely part of it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's great. i awesome. I'm really curious with the UMAP and Ricky. I'm not sure if you got a chance to, to see, but no. Essentially, please no, <laughs> check me on this. It. This <laughs> is good. It's it's a snapshot of someone as a person. Right. Professional goals, personal goals, I professional do proclivities. That personal proclivities and so if i'm a manager and i have my quarter touch point point one year touch point i can look at rob's umap and say okay these are the things that matter to rob these are the things that he wants to do in his career and so you can better alter how you approach that conversation to reflect the person that you're speaking to
0: is that no it it, is it's absolutely the case when i sit down with uh, with the folks that report directly to me every quarter um i am thinking first and foremost how do i support them as a person Mm. and we shift the paradigm on on uh performance such that they are self-reflecting on their own performance and they're driving their own development. And mm. my, my role as their manager is really to support their success. Yeah. How am I holding you back? And those are questions that we actually ask, and, and how can I support your success? But I'm also always trying to look at how can we do that from a personal perspective? Mm-hmm. And you know some uh, very quick stories, if I may, client stories, uh, through this process of, of sharing personal goals, we found out in one organization that there were literally six people, and this is a construction company, six people who worked, these are middle-aged men with families who work dangerous jobs. Yeah. They're walking steel, they're using heavy equipment, and they put in their one-year personal goal, I'd like to do a will. Oh my God! <laughs> they don't have wills, right. and oh so that goodness. just creates a platform for knowing these things. Yeah, and we bring these people together, talk about why it's morbid, it's expensive, don't know where to start. And this business decided to bring in corporate counsel, cut a deal, and do it for them. Wow! So you want to talk about engagement and loyalty? Now it's not just them. If they get uh, you know offered a couple more bucks an hour across the street, it's their families that that's are going to right. say you're going nowhere. Yeah, now. that's exactly like, right. Like look what this company did. But for you us.
2: And, but they invest, but like they won't go anywhere anyways because they're seen val I mean they're yeah. seen.
0: Right. Well, you know, being seen is a big part of it. It's huge. You just yeah. feel
2: like you're important. You're not just just like this yeah. number to you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and, and so that information I love that. it happens at a one-on-one. Yeah. Um and and sometimes these are tough conversations too. I don't want to paint this as all sunshine and rainbows. Yeah. We talk about each other. We connect very deeply as individuals and that paves the way for the very tough conversations around performance. Sometimes right. we're talking about, look, we're not getting this done yeah. and how can I help you right. get it done? Because if you don't get it done, you're not going to hit your professional goals. Yeah. right? So it's different. And then we aggregate that up to the macro level too and make Companies available make make information available to them on where they should invest in training based on what their people want, mm. where they should invest in engagement based on people's personal goals and general interests, mm. and find ways to develop um, programs to connect them to each other too. Mm. I, I I could truly go on and on and sure. on. There's a lot of different applications that we use. I don't want to eat too much of your time. No, no, it's it's perfect. It's really cool
2: though. Thank you. Fascinating. It, it, it
1: certainly is. And and same thing for you, Ricky. So if I'm, if I'm that same company, right? Dear I'm, God. I'm 250 people. <laughs> that's the size. Like what, what sort of challenges would I have that would necessitate bringing you in to speak? Is it we're, we're having morale issues? Is it our teams aren't, they're bogged down by things happening at home? Like what are some of the typical challenges that necessitate your services?
2: Yeah. You know, I think it could be a few things. I think that the healthier and happier your employee is, the better they're going to perform, right? Right. So like first and foremost, like what are the little things in your life that are heavy, that are weighing on you? And it Mm. could be anything that you're going through. It could be a loss. It could be unhealthy habits. It could be physically overweight. So I think first and foremost is like identifying the little weights, even just outside of work, right? And being like, all right, do I bring those into work? Because if you're bringing them into work and you are, if they're outside of work, they're coming with you. You know, I mean, they don't, you don't just, you don't open the door and all of a sudden, like you don't bring your thoughts with you. Like that's yeah. not how the world works. Yeah. And so I think that from like a personal standpoint is like, how do I get you healthier? Just mentally, emotionally, physically healthier. But then how do you become a person that feels of purpose at work mm. and there's a lot of outdated systems that don't work anymore. And there's a lot of leaders that are not that good of leaders. And I think you can teach people a product, but you can't teach people people Mm. like it's a, sometimes it could feel like there's not everyone has that skill to learn how to talk to people, but I think you can learn it. And I think that it's just interesting. Like the company I'm at now, like I walked into kind of like, they were kind of like, they had a product that that was really bad, you know, like the parts were missing. So there's a lot of customer service issues. So I walked into kind of a mess. And it's actually taught me a lot at how do you manage stress? Mm. How does the leader say, you know what, I can't do this on my own anymore. Or, you know, back to Rob's point is like, how do you make people feel important? Because these people all have goals outside of work. Most of these people, this is just a job for them. But think about it. Your job is 10 hours a day. If you feel no purpose, 10 hours a day. Yeah. That's And then you go home and you're like, I got kids. I got this. I got that. Like, How do we play into what makes them happy? Yeah. And give them value. Like, dude, we need you here. Like, This isn't just a job. Like, Without you, we wouldn't build you X, Y, and Z. That's right. And so I think I'm like a, I could help build better systems, Easier ways to learn, but also more fun ways to learn. Yeah. Like how to engage people. Yeah. Like, I don't want to go through your training. It's boring.
0: <laughs> like, seriously,
2: how do we have fun? Because the more fun someone's having, the more they're going to learn. That's
1: right. Yeah, and that's sure. the
2: truth. And the more vulnerable they're going to yeah, be. The more
0: comfortable The more they're going to like yeah. you. Yeah.
2: They don't want to raise their hand if uh, a room uh-huh. full of 20 people who are like <sighs> falling asleep. Right.
0: I'm feeling a business idea here, or an, a, a collaboration idea. Day I in. should say. Here it is. If I can share that, so we do, um, we do a lot of kickoffs uh, with our new clients, and so we'll do keynotes, and we'll do some breakouts, and we'll use our software. That you know, again, our UMAP people will will have met tables and connecting with each other in, in deeper ways, um, and then we aggregate the information in these UMAPs. So I will tell you that 62% of the personal goals in a one-year time frame of our clients are health and wellness related. Unbelievable. So this 250-person company, which that's a perfect example of ones we stand up and we we launch them, and we're standing there. We're telling it's either my partner or I telling our you know kind of inspirational personal stories, and then all the you know what's at stake if we do this, and yada yada. Yada yada. And so um, then we shared, you know, that you have 62% of your staff is caring about this specifically. Mm. I see an opportunity then for a second keynote. Ooh. Right. So Ricky comes in and says, This is what's going on in your life. And that would be a wonderful collaboration. Yeah because these are companies that need to go a lot deeper on the weight issue. Yeah. It's not just actual weight. So I've just, you know, this has been a, a serendipitous uh, occasion. And, this is what it's about.
2: And yeah. there's so many small ways that companies can support it. Like I'm I'm talking about like a standing desk. I'm talking about walking challenges. Yeah. I'm talking about like, we just got that client, okay, everyone like chug a thin glass of water. Like. Just on a surface level, right? And then, like, once you can, like, implement little habits like that, then you can go a little deeper because you're scratching the surface. It's hard to dig deep into your emotions if you're feeling physically weighed down. you got to sort of either do it together or, like, get a few other things in place is what I have found. And it's amazing. Funny, funny story. When I got to this company, I was like, I'm not sitting. Like, I have to sit. Like, Mm -hmm. I can't believe I even have to be in a place from this long at one point but like so I found this cardboard box I went into the product <laughs> I went into the room and Uh-oh. I was like hey guys I was like do you care if I like borrow this box and I've and they've moved me like a thousand times and I take my cardboard box everywhere with me and I put my computer on it yeah. and I stand all day and seven other people started doing
1: it Hair, it's contagious
2: because it's just like who cares if it looks weird yeah. small stuff is the big stuff yeah. Yeah. and I think like story. You know, what? it's cool. so funny.
1: I, I, I love it. So a couple more things, and we can kind of close things out. But I do want to bring this back. This It's such a, an awesome idea about engaging the whole person. And we had a guest on the show last season, Charlie Esty. He's an executive at Asset Health or a health and wellness consulting firm based in Troy, Michigan. And he paints a picture. He does this all the time. He does it in sales meetings. He'll stand up and he goes, all right, I'm an employee. And he's a big sports guy. So he's like, I'm in my ready position right now. But let's say I get divorced okay, let's say uh, I, I now have, you know, type one diabetes, right? Or I'm, I'm high, high visibility diabetes, right? Or, and also, oh, uh, we're, we're downsizing and like, I'm taking on much more. And so it's like, Play a sport when you have all of these things, and so he's saying if you can make sure you capture all of those, those extremities, and you couldn't, see no one could see it. I was like doing the demonstration, and no one is going to be able to see what I was doing. But I was standing in an athletic position, and I was taking my hand, putting it behind my back, and I now can't use it. So it's going to supposed to represent like the different weights that you have going on in your life, which you're not as able to be as engaged with your work when you're those distracted. things are happening. Distracted with those it's things. It's distraction
2: in life. is the number yeah. one reason. For a lack of engagement. You're distracted by your phone. You just got your heart broken. You didn't get enough likes. I mean, these are ridiculous things. They sound ridiculous, but they're real things. Like you couldn't pay, you know, you couldn't pay that or you, whatever it is. And I think the metaphor you're trying to make is like, who are you when you're not feeling like a rock star? That's
1: right. Yeah.
2: How do you show up when you're not really feeling? Because it's easy to be a rock star when you're feeling like a rock star. You're like, yeah, I'm great. I'm motivated. But like, who are you when you're not? Yeah. And that's. That is what people need to realize. It's mm-hmm. not who you are when you are the rock star. It's who you who are you when you don't really feel like the rock star. Mm-hmm. Can you still be the rock star?
1: Wow. Rock and roll. Break the weight. I'm just <laughs> So we're, we're going to get into our, our last couple segments here. But this has been a great conversation. I've, I've really enjoyed it. D- David is going to be so bummed out that he wasn't here for it because he's- Sucks, David. He, yeah, it's a tough break. <laughs> he's a big runner. He's he's all over it. He's, he's actually, he hates when I say this, but he's my boss. And he's been an incredible mentor for me throughout my- you know, year or so journey working in sales. Um, He is exactly the same person as me. That's amazing. In terms of his emotional uh, quotient, his EQ. So we we job in that same level. And he's just been, like these UMAP moments, it's almost as if there isn't one needed because we're in such lockstep, which is great. But... I've had other bosses where that has been the case. And wow, it would be so great if I had an, an interface, or my boss had an interface to know what things I were needing or what things I was really trying to accomplish in my career. Um, so not all bosses can be like David. Yeah. And so your, your company, your product, Rob, is, is helping with those things.
0: You'd be surprised what you learn about people. I had my daughter intern with us last summer, and she watched me go through my UMAP. Okay. And she found out several things she did not know about Unbelievable. Me. It was wild.
2: I love that. Because yeah. really, as a kid, you don't, you only know your parent as a parent. Yeah. They're not really like human beings until they become human beings. Yeah. <laughs> Real, I mean, that's true.
1: So we're going to go into our last segment. And uh, it's our best, worst, first segment. And usually we have a bowl, our root change jar. And we'll pull a question out of that jar we don't have it today because I'm not a good planner.
0: Nobody could actually see that. No,
1: you I mean, honestly you could, totally could have just that. lied. I'm taking my armor off, though. Yeah, without, okay, very I'm good. Thank I'm you. I'm being put vulnerable. It back Thanks for living the values. <laughs> yeah. Put it back on. And I don't want to sit in traffic. Dance in the rain. That's it. Um, so, I, So I picked a question beforehand, and I want to know what is the best interview question you've ever been given or have asked in an interview situation? And I can start while you guys think, if that's that's okay.
0: Yeah, that's necessary.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she just got her first job. Yeah, that's Literally. right. What well, cool questions were asked? I
2: didn't even have to interview.
1: There was no interview. This just, is why
2: it's like hilarious. I found it on Facebook and they needed someone so badly to come in that I was like, I'm in. They didn't wow. even ask me anything.
1: Fax me the contract.
2: That's why it's like the funniest thing yeah. ever.
1: Push hard, the bottoms copies. Yeah, zeroes. right. <laughs> um, so I, this actually, um, Clay, you'll remember, Gabriella, We I think we may have told this story. I'm going to say it anyway. So she um, was our producer for the show, also was a field marketer at Root, and she is now working back in Grand Rapids, actually. Her dad owns a hot tub company. But she was uh, just coming out of college and wanted to get her first job. And I was asked to be in her interview, which is the first time I had the opportunity to do that. I was like, wow, this is great. And she was going to be supporting the Detroit effort that we're doing in sales and our our, David and I's marketing partner. And I didn't know what the heck I was going to do. Like, what value was I going to provide? Like I, I can ask her certain questions about how she works and how that sort of thing. But I, uh, I had this idea in my head. I think I came to be in a dream, but I was just in the room with her and a couple other folks. And I dialed a pizza place. Didn't say anything. I just dialed it. And I gave her the phone.
2: Sounds so good right now.
1: And all of a sudden she now has to react to, she doesn't know who I'm calling. She doesn't know what it is. And all wow. of a sudden it's Domino's pizza. How am I help you? And I wanted to see how she interacted in a moment where she's on her heels. And she absolutely killed it. She she was like, "Hey, so wh- what's your best pizza?" And she like engaged in a conversation with that person, and then ordered me a pizza. And I gave her my credit card, and she ordered the pizza. Wow. And like that's that's what her her lunch was after the interview. So uh, it, that's not to to you know toot my own horn. That's a unique question, but I think her response showed a microcosm of how she would be in case she stressed in the job and she did great we were really sad to see her go she did fantastic for the year and a half she was at root uh and she has said she's like that that question was the most ridiculously ridiculous question ever but it was so fun so uh and no one can take that by the way that is I, that is the piece of the piece of question yes. is that's Nolan a, McNulty. At least great, we'll, we'll footnote it if we
0: use it. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's a great. <laughs> that's right. uh, I like that a lot. I do too. So that's
1: was awesome. that enough time to have you guys think?
0: Uh, it, it is a few. You're it, going first. Rob. I'm going first. Go ahead, I'm, I'm in. Okay. Uh, there's actually a, a couple. We're we're again a values-driven organization, and my role particularly, a, I I I big 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 believer in hiring on values, and you can teach everything else. Um, so one question um, that I like also relates to a. a An exercise that we run with teams all the time, Uh, and and I did ask this, um, and this is the reason why Brittany got hired because she did so well. Uh, Basically, it's it's a simple question: if if there were one thing in your you know the proverbial burning home, um, when your loved ones and pets get out. Uh, if you could go back and grab, wow, what would that one item of significance be? Wow. And uh, it, and it's amazing. I could I mean, the stories I have heard from that specific question in our team building work and in our interviewing are incredibly uh, touching. yeah, um, and you learn so much when people take off that armor. and Brittany's answer was fantastic. Um, someone else may have answered something like their laptop. Yeah. I literally was Um. just thinking that. (laughs) And and, (laughs) and, and there's nothing against that. And the person who answered that was fabulous. Yeah. 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 Uh, She didn't get hired,
2: did she? She didn't because
0: because Brittany described in beautiful detail this, uh, I think, mint green colored um, mixer. Okay. Uh, So, you know, cooking appliance right they're expensive yeah and she said hers was cheap okay so and and that was of course okay you have my attention now and then she went on to describe how it has been such an important part of her personal life is in baking, and she told the story about going to Le Cordon Bleu and becoming a pastry chef there, and that she traveled for three years throughout Thailand with her mixer. Unbelievable! And she took it everywhere she went because that was like—I don't know if it was her—I forget if it was her connection to home, her connection to her craft, all of these things—and she's being hired to work in marketing and graphic design for us. So I just thought, what a wonderful answer!
1: If you don't have chills in the room right now, you check your pulse. That's awesome. Isn't that a great story. That's that is so awesome.
0: That's cool. And so go yeah. ahead and follow
1: that one up. Go ahead. Thank
0: you. I'll, I'll do the other one okay, really yeah. quick because this is another value. Oh God. And it's not a story. It's just a question. And the question is, describe a time. When is the last time you failed at something? Mm. And then of course, how did you react to it? How was it reacted to? Yeah. Because we talk an awful lot about creating environments where failure is not only condoned, but encouraged mm. the right kind That's of failure. Right. Fail fast. And so we want to make sure that people can in an entrepreneurial setting, be okay with that. Otherwise they're gonna have a hard time with us. Indeed. Wow. We, we ready?
2: To answer your question though, about what I would grab.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, That that's a yeah. great, I great don't question. Think
2: there's nothing that is so valuable to me, which hmm. is, I mean like, yeah, I would want my phone, I want my like, you know, but like, in a, I think I don't have a lot of attachment to things. So I was just thinking about that, like in my apartment right now, I'd be like, mm, okay, mm. if it's cold out, like I need a sweatshirt, <laughs> just because, like, I think that just I don't have a lot of value to things, mm. yeah. Which is, it's an interesting, it's interesting how someone could have such a value for like a right. a cooking, right? But it's so it's so much more than that,
0: yeah, wow. yeah, you, yeah. It, that yeah, and it's that's like, also she has a cold heart, uncommon, mm. <laughs> right? She has a cold, but people who value experiences, yeah. Like to know? me, that's yeah. like,
2: you know, um. What was the question?
0: <laughs> Interview question. <laughs> yeah. I mean,
2: I don't know, but I'm going to make some up. Sure. Okay. I would ask people, who are you when you are distracted hmm. and heavy?
0: Got it. Ooh. Who, who are you when who you're are distracted? are you yeah. at that is, work? That is very on brand. Yeah. Who are you <laughs> yeah.
2: at home? I don't want to know who you are when you're great. Yeah. I don't know who you are when you're not so great.
0: That's great. Because that's
2: going to tell me what's what you're going to be like when you show up to work or yeah. you show up home and you're, you got some things, your marriage isn't working yeah. or you're, you gained some weight or you got a car accident. That's going to show me who you are. Yeah. So now who are you and you're great. Who are you? you not great.
1: Love that. Really love that. I would, I
2: would ask that because I can be a distracted person in my own mind, which is something that I'm working on. So I asked that question in the sense of like, I'm trying to learn how to be, I'm trying to learn how to show up with my distracted mind. And I think, people play in so much like what's your strength like what's your weakness Mm. like let's let's put you in a position where like you're so freaking stressed now but like how you gonna handle it because that's the person you want on your team yeah so i would ask that and then i would ask i like to ask like a mantra people live by I think it, I think people love quotes and I think they're they do a really good job at like summing up how a person lives like some people say things to themselves and they feel upset like mm-hmm. let it go or you know life is happening for you or not to you and it can really give you a good insight into someone's uh, their approach to life so I would say like tell me something that you live by one sentence. Yeah, I, Rob, you look excited. I
0: have one. Yeah, tell, I mean, Rob, this is, tell us. It's I'm on sure? my UMAP. Okay. How about that? I right. bring everything it? back. What to is you? it? Today is a good day to try, mm. um, and that came from my daughter, the same kid that was in the audience listening uh, when she was ten um, at Christmas time. She gave me a gift that was this crudely painted. Piece of wood, long, kind of one by one piece of wood with the stencil of those words. Today is a good day to try, and that was Love my that. holiday gift. So, like, it was,
2: and you live wow. by that.
0: I mean, I in my you office ever since, and I have, I have literally looked at that piece of wood and gotten through some really dark times. Yeah, right. So it's just that wow. inspire, and I, you know, and I, I tell that story. I've told it a hundred times, mm. and it still makes me emotional. It's incredible. So I, I try to oh, live
1: that. Hair, hair. Wow. Well, we'll all start getting chills and getting emotional if we caught It's talk actually anymore. cold in here. so It's getting a little chilly. I am getting chilly. Um, so that really was great. I really appreciate it, guys. Uh, so Rob Dortz, founding partner at Become Unmistakable, Ricky Friedman, life coach, accountability coach, keynote speaker.
2: <laughs> Who even knows at this badass, point?
0: <laughs> badass person. Just, just the best. So where can people find your stuff, Rob? Uh, well, myumap.com is a, a great place to, to find us. Follow us on LinkedIn, follow us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram. Do it all. Right? Hit us everywhere. <laughs> Subscribe. <Follow them> home. <laughs> Subscribe um, because we put out some pretty cool content. And if you can catch us in a speaking event, um, also, or a webinar, I actually have one coming up, oh Lord, February 26th. All right. That's so- sponsored by the best and brightest companies to work Very for, nice. uh, which is a, their a client and a, and a sponsor of what we do. Um, so, yeah, check that out on their website or ours and please join us. Rock and roll. Ricky, where can people find you?
2: Well, if I was like 505
0: <laughs> <easy>?
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um You can, f- well, my new website just launched two days ago. So, RickySpeaks.com. Got it. R I C K I S P E A K S.com. And Instagram, Ricky N Friedman, Break the Weight as well. Facebook, I got like this weird world on Facebook. I'm the only 32 year old still on Facebook, but Ricky <laughs> Freeman on Facebook, and then yeah, that's like I mean, you know,
1: that's it. That's and, it. And we'll of course link all of your yes. uh, all of your links to our show notes. But again, really appreciate you both. This has been a great time here on the Two Spheres Podcast.
0: Have Thank you going, for having Thank us. Thank you. for here. Roots' best selling book, What Are Your Blind Spots, provides you with insights for a personal leadership reset to increase engagement, productivity, and growth in your organization. What Are Your Blind Spots is an invaluable resource with practical approaches to change your leadership style. Download the first chapter for free at rootinc.com slash blindspots.